Hey, how you going? Welcome to the Ethan Brown Podcast. This is episode three. Um, you're being joined by my guest, Dominic. Say hi. Hello. All right, Dominic, do you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Yes, sure. Um, I'm 13 years old. Um, I've got a massive passion for um, aviation, and uh, I recently just bought a drone, and um, kind of have realised that that's also one of my great passions, and um, I think that having the drone... Um, is like a good chance to uh, extend my entrepreneurial um, entrepreneurial um, kind of career, awesome. and um, I also um, play music. So I think in terms of originality, I could um, because of course there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have the same idea as me that are going going to say, oh well, I've got a drone, so I can um, take pictures for people. But with my own uh, music making, I can extend um the business with kind of original maybe music or um anything that isn't kind of widely used just to make myself a bit different from um uh, other people awesome. that have um basically done the same thing that i want to do yep sounds good so um really like how you identified a sort of point of difference there with original music that's that's definitely something special. Yeah, so um, it was it was really kind of like an idea because we were going on a holiday and my me and my father were like, oh well, we should buy a drone just to get some photos. And then I've heard of people like you um, that I that are really inspiring to me. Thinking that um, at the age of what are you, 14, 14 years old? Yep. Yeah, like 14 years old, starting up their own business and um, getting money from the, um, at the age of 14, I, I completely aspire to that and um, I, you're a complete role model for me and um, I, I would do want to um, do like the same thing as you. Awesome. But of course, um, yeah. I'll have to make a difference because um, you're a bit more established than me, of course, unless um, you have a business, I don't. Um, so I'm just trying to get ways of getting people to think, oh, well, this guy isn't going to just use royalty free music from a massive YouTube playlist that anyone can access. I can tell him, oh, what, that I can ask him, or I can ask them, what kind of music do you want in that? And they'll say, they like a really relaxed kind of style. Um, so then I can just make up my make my make an own composition and really um get the emotion of the kind of video that i'm making with the drone old pictures um and just kind of establish myself as not being someone who's just like following the crowd yep um which is basically what i'm basically here for um on this podcast so yeah that's that's awesome it's really great how you have that passion and don't look too much up to me because I only just started when I was 13 too and so it just took a little bit of mentorship and sort of research finding out how we do things and so I'd love to, if if right now we could talk about how you can sort of get your business up and running. Yeah. Awesome, all right. So where are you sort of at with the whole business thing? Do you have a name? Are you registered or...? No, I, I'm not registered yet. I'm kind of all in the, like, really all in the planning stage because I don't want to kind of launch into the business not really knowing what to do. So I've kind of planned out, like, um, what's going to happen if, what, what will I do if um, no, no one is kind of interested um, in the business? Um, and 
what I would do, what kind of investments I would make um, if the business was successful. Yeah. But you can't really dig too much into that um, because I guess you always have to assume what the worst scenario is. Um, if you kind of, I guess if you um, set all your money aside for if you um, are successful, then you're, and it, then if you fail, then you're basically going to have all your money in the wrong place. Yeah. So you can't kind of accelerate your business anymore um, from what you've budgeted for um, being successful. Yeah, so what you're saying essentially is you got to put your money back into the business, not just save it and spend it on V-Bucks and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so what drone do you currently have now? Uh, I've got the DJI Mavic Pro with the fly more combo. Awesome. Uh, how much, how many flights do you reckon you do a week or a month? Probably, a, well, I guess now because the weather is incredibly bad, I'm not getting many flights in. Yes. Like, basically every weekend it's been basically three weeks in a row where I haven't been able to get it out because of the rain. But I would try to do about probably three to four flights a week. Yep. Um, mostly because, like, of course, there's four weekends in a month, so I go out every weekend and um, kind of do some practice or, in the later stages, um, start doing uh, shots for people. Awesome, and yeah. So three or four times a week would probably be around the, um, around the mark that I would be aiming for. Yep. So that's, that's really good, definitely, but, of course, with the bad weather we're having now, uh, bucketing down really sucks you kind of get a bit stir crazy so it's really good that you are committing to making sure you do three or four flights a month um yeah and definitely getting out there practicing your like cinematography and sort of smooth shots if i could yeah. if i could recommend anything i'd suggest making better and better edits each week from flights yeah. and then focusing on those shots um yeah i've gone from recording the entire flight to taking photos more mainly because i just watched the recording to see how the flight went but um, definitely, yeah. yeah, if you're more interested in sort of like the cinematography and things like that, it's really good to get out there, practice. Also, practice for emergency situations. Like, for example, let's say uh, you lose reception, you go into Addy mode, you don't have that uh, sort of GPS tracking, you'd be up, you need to be able to fly back dealing with winds and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, I guess there's so many things that you do need to take into account when... Um like starting a business like what happens if something fails what happens if you crash a drone i guess it's, that's why it's really important to have that practice come in because um yeah later, later on in the um like in the in terms of the money making you'll, you'll have maybe like two thousand dollars which would probably be like six months of um doing uh having the business up and running and then yeah. um Later on, if you kind of accidentally crash the drone or something happens to the drone, and um, then you then you'll have that money yeah. um, to uh, like replace the drone, fix it, or even possibly buy a new one even later on. Which is which is why I say it's really important to have that practice because starting off, of course, you're not going to have um, as much money. So if you do crash it because of a lack of practice, then um, it's going to be very hard to actually replace the drone. Yeah. So um, I think that's one of the most paramount things about starting a business is that you have the um, previous experience of um, basically doing what the business is about. Yeah, another thing I'd recommend, though, because if I were to crash my drone, I wouldn't be able to replace it immediately. 
I wouldn't be able to yeah. do drone jobs. So what I'd do is I'd also sort of expand into different niches. So now that I do photography and videography, I'd do as many photography and videography jobs as I could without the drone until I could then buy another one. Yeah. Yeah, so what sort of um, hurdles do you reckon you're facing right now with starting your own business? Uh, what sort of hurdles do you reckon you're facing now starting your own business? Really, um, the kind of promotion of um, what I'm going to do because, you know, of course, people, people get get a drone and they say, oh, um, look at this, I'll be able to make a business out of this. Yep. And it's going to try and, uh, what what the big hurdle is going to be is trying to differentiate myself from other people, which, like what I said before, with the music making, original compositions and everything, um, and uh, so it's going to be the differentiation from other people that have thought exactly the same as me. Yeah. Um, that maybe, maybe not, maybe won't be able to do the original compositions and um, coming up with kind of uh, really um, ideas that aren't used by anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, like kind of, I don't know, like just not doing, just not following the crowd. Yeah. Like not kind of not kind of going on to like Skyworks of Perth and um, so seeing seeing what they do and then and then think oh well I'll, I'll just I'll just do that because they're successful yeah and um, I, I'm starting out which is not not the way to go because of course you're not going to be established um, as established as Skyworks um, so yeah basically. Um, is that, that's going to be the big hurdle with um, starting the business. Yeah, so you're saying identifying your individuality amongst the crowd? Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's something I struggled with when I was beginning, but then I realised, well, a lot of these drone pilots, they're not, they're adults, they're 20-year-olds plus. And so what, we, what we've got is we've got the fact that we're young, and so what you need to do yeah. is you need to go on your Instagram bio, you need to write drone pilot, makes my, make my own music, um, contact me if you're interested, like things like that. And what you need yeah. to do is tag every single Perth page in every single one of your photos and videos. I don't. I know you can't tag in videos, but mention them so that they have a look. And then if you get featured, then you become one of those sort of icons that get a few followers. You build a little bit of an audience, and then you can sort of create that individuality just by having a sort of audience that know who you are. And you gotta stay true to what you what you are, which is a thirteen year old that likes flying drones and makes music. Yeah. Which one? Um, yeah. Well, that's the kind of um, the real thing that's going to kind of light, light the fire for a business is um, just really thinking, what can I do? Like, if I if I wanted to pay someone um, to take a drone, like a do a drone cinematography kind of thing, um, I think, oh, what what would I like them to do that would um, make the um make basically the whole drone thing more um like appealing than um just a business that would just fly a drone yeah um not like just using royalty free music as i said from that massive youtube playlist um so it's going to be trying to i've I've said this too many times but it's so important yeah going away from people that have kind of thought Oh well, this this band's established, so I, I should do what what these people do because they they were probably like one of the first people to actually do um, like drone photos. So and like when when drones first came out, um, 
they kind of would have already had like the money to purchase a quite a high-end drone and people would have thought oh wow i this this is a this is an amazing drone I, i've looked at what this drone can do and it would be um essential or very important to what um what what i want really because like for example back in 2010 who knows what technology was like in terms of drones back then i i had i probably wouldn't even have heard of a drone back then so when people thought um well this is a thing that flies and can take really nice looking um kind of photos yep and it's just the the kind of innovation that is necessary to um to do um to do what these people have done and um, just kind of give it, give it, like put some of your own personality into it, yeah. which, I, which I think is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. So like, in terms of um, like rates for your um, drone like footage, um, I'm having like kind of trouble with um, kind of thinking up like a, a table of rates. Yep. For example, like I don't know whether to do like, um, the amount of minutes of flying or the actual minutes of cinematography or kind of how long I have to set everything up for um, and kind of factoring in how long these people have to travel to get to a place that's convenient for me, yep. um, which will bring me on to another point. And um, i just like to know how you kind of conjured up for these uh, like numbers, like, for example... Um, fifty like five dollars for every minute that I'm flying. For example, I, I I don't know what you do, but I just like to hear an insight um into how you thought of everything in terms of uh rates. Yeah, definitely. So what I do is you got to think about the client's perspective. They want to see not how many hours you're putting in, but what they're getting at the end. So you got to present it as one minute video, two minute video, three minute video, and then what you want. Then what I want you to do is I want you to get a piece of paper. And then you're going to write how long it's going to take to fly and get there. So roughly an hour if you're going to use three batteries. And then yeah. you're going to take into account for how long it's going to take to process the footage. So maybe half an hour. Then how long it's going to take to sort the footage. Another half an hour. And then I'm just saying numbers here. But how long it's going to take to edit. So maybe two hours to make an edited video for a client. And so you're going to say that's a total of four hours. Now how much do you reckon you want to charge an hour for your services? So an hour, I'd probably say, because with everything I'm fighting, I'd say around the 15 to $20 per hour mark. Like that, that's just around what I've conjured up right now. But um, like how, how does that compare in terms of your scheme of, um, like your, in terms of your rates that you use? How, do, how does that compare? Well, I'm going to tell you now, 15 to $20 is a very low cost. Um, but considering you're just starting out, I'd recommend doing that for two or three clients, but then sort of moving up a little bit. I'd stick $30 minimum, but um, then you can start pushing that 50 mark, and that's where you sort of sit with being a semi-professional drone videographer. And so $50 an hour is very good for a 13-year-old because then you're earning $200 for one job, and that's that's fair. That's four hours of work that you're putting in that you're not spending playing Fortnite. Nothing that's wrong with that. If you like playing Fortnite, go do it. Um, but yeah, so you got to sort of how much do you value your time? And then you also got to think into consideration how much the other person has a budget for. So let's say if I'm doing a budget for a small cafe that doesn't have a lot of income, I'm not going to charge as much as I would charge for a business that's creating a lot of income 
and needs much bigger videos, much more complex shots. You've got to think about the complexity of the shots and then also the sort of budget of your customer. So I'm not saying give the same product for cheaper. I'm saying give a lesser product for a lesser price. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really for, like, kind of really talking to the client that you're um, involved with and seeing what they need um, and if it kind of fits in with both, like, your kind of capabilities and um, also, like, CASA um, regulations, like, of course, because you can't fly above 400 feet um, above sea level. So if... um, like for example, you wanted the, um, they wanted you to go up onto like, for example, like the Perth Hills, and fly there. You'd have, of course, you'd have to contact CASA to be able to actually fly that drone above 120 meters. So if they, if I was doing that, I'd have to charge more because of that extra time that I've had to talk to CASA to. Um, and I'm not actually sure. Do you have to pay to um, actually get that? Uh, allowance to fly above uh, 120 metres or 400 feet above sea level? Um, I don't believe so, no, but also I think it takes into account for what um, height you're, land, uh, you're taking off at. So it also has to do with, um, so let's say if you're taking off in Perth Hills, it goes zero metres from where you take off and then it's 120 metres up. And at that point, that's where you can't fly anymore. Yeah, what, so it's above ground level or above sea level? It's above the level that you're flying at. So this is taking into um, accommodation for helicopters. Let's say they're flying, let's say they're going to fly 400 feet at sea level and they're going to fly at Perth Hills. If Perth Hills goes over 400 feet, they're going to crash. So they need to adjust their height based on where they sit. Yeah. Now, I'm not entirely sure about how that works, but I'm gonna, I'll do some research for you and let you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't charge for getting permission from CASA because the client, if you if it's going to cost more or you can't do it for the client, you're going to let the client, the clients don't want to hear no, so you've got to let them know it's going to be very difficult to do this. Um, we could do this or we could do this. Sometimes if there is sort of regulations around it, you can just keep quiet if you'd like to or you can talk to CASA about it. Um, can I just ask, Are you? do you have an ARN? No, I don't have an ARN yet, but um, my me and my father, we are um, in the future going to be able to um, attain one. Yep. So that means that we're going to have a um, wider uh, breadth of capabilities in terms of actual rules and regulations in terms of the government. Yeah. So that ARN, so, yeah. Yeah, so what does the um, ARN actually um, allow you to do in, uh, compared to not having the ARN? Well... Not having the ARN means you can't fly for money according to tax purposes. So the the ARN's free. You can literally fill out a form at home. I could do it right now. Um, So what you need to do, you need to download the online form, fill it out or print it out, and then you need to post it to CASA. Um, And then I think it's two weeks they'll send you back your ARN number and then you're officially licensed. Um, you do need to notify them, I think, five business days before flying for commercial. Sorry, sorry how long before flying? Uh, five business days, but I'll check on the site for you after the podcast. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's quite interesting. Because I, I would have thought, in term, because I'm ter- in terms of aviation, they use above sea level, but above ground level, that does provide me with kind of a um, less limited... Um, less limited... Uh, Less, oh my god, um, less limited breadth of capabilities. Yeah. Um, 
So, I, I mean, in terms of doing mountain shots, which, of course, are very popular and just quite simply because of the scenery and the beauty that um, is captured, um, like mountains, of course, some of them can be, like, 500 metres above sea level. But, of course, if you're taking off, it's just going to be, like, zero metres, so you can go 120 metres above. Yeah. So that, that is good to hear that, the, uh, that CASA has um, you know, above ground level. Well, CASA doesn't really regulate that, but yeah. So the once the drone takes off, it's at zero metres, so the drone can't take into account for sea level. It just takes into account yeah. for where you're taking off, and it lets you go 120 metres. So if CASA had a problem with that, they'd implement those sort of restrictions on the drone in Australia. But yeah. So you can do that. But, um, yeah, what you got to do, and do it soon when you're starting your business, is get your ARN, get your ABN, and get your tax file number if you don't already have one. Yeah, and also get on the business name registry because that's important too. Yeah, so um, what um, in terms of kind of investment, what, what, what are your strategies for um, kind of investing into the future um, health and uh, income of the business? Because um, that's also another hurdle I've been thinking about is um, what I would put my money into to be able to um, in the future get more money out of out of the business what, what have you done in terms of investment um and some tips and advice well that's a bit of a tricky question but what i've done for investment is i've gone and bought better gear i've bought better editing software i've sort of just all the money i've gotten i've saved a little bit and then i put most of it back into the business and in camera gear um but yeah. if i could recommend investments in the future that would be buying a new uh laptop getting a microphone if you want to do voiceovers also buying the adobe suite that's really essential if you if you want to use Adobe or if you have a Mac, then getting um, I think it was Final oh. Cut Pro. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a Mac, which um I can't actually remember how much Final Cut Pro is. I think it was around a five hundred um five hundred dollar mark. I'll just check that now. That, um, yeah, that can be a bit expensive though, but you can get a student discount for Adobe. So if you say you're a student, then you can get um Adobe for much cheaper. It is a month. Okay. It is a monthly fee, but you can pay it by the year. Um, I prefer I prefer Adobe because then I can use my Adobe ID for everything, whether I'm making graphics for Spark or Photoshopping, Lightroom. Yeah. yeah. So, um, sorry, I, I've completely forgotten. What drone? What drones do you have? Uh, so I'm using the Mavic Air. Okay. And um, have you had any drones in the past? And uh, like, just what? Um, if if so, how has the um what kind of influenced your decision into buying the Mavic Air? Well, I originally bought the Phantom 3, which if you know, it's quite bulky. And I'm um, taking that yeah. in the car, going out um, and flying. Uh, it, it can be a bit tricky. So um, yeah. it was a great drone. Like, don't get me wrong. If you're looking at starting in drones and buying the sort of high-end ones, buy a Mavic 3 yeah. or a... No, no, not Mavic, a Phantom 3 or a Phantom 4 if you have that higher budget because they're an absolute beast. But for portability, yeah. I chose the Mavic Air purely because it was tiny, it could fold up, um, and yeah. also because it was just a little bit of indifference from the Mavic Pro. Now, I really like the Mavic Pro, but the Mavic Air is slightly cheaper, I believe. So, yes, yeah. I, I, If I could choose, I would... I, I love the drone I have now, but I would also buy the Mavic Pro for that range distance. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... And also, like in terms of range, how, how have you actually used? Would, would you, sorry, would you actually use the um, added range? And 
Tell us how far have um, you actually flown with your drone? Yeah, definitely. So the, the Mavic Air has a four-kilometre range because it uses a Wi-Fi signal in the smaller controller. But, yes. Um, so I've, I've gotten to points where I can fly to about uh, 1.5k and then yeah. it gets very hard to fly. Um, yeah. So I've always gone, damn, I, I just wish I could get that much closer to this sort of thing. Um, yeah. And with the Mavic Pro, you can get that seven kilometer range. So I know you can't get that seven kilometer range always, but you can probably definitely get a three kilometer range and then start losing that signal. So if I could get that yeah. extra 1.5, it would definitely, it would definitely have a bit of use. But if you're doing it for money, and typically you'd be doing it for real estate or you're doing it for a sporting club, a uh, shout out to Kingsway Swimming Club if you're watching this, yeah. um, it, you really don't need that range. It's just something extra that you get to play around with. With sort of, If I'm doing a massive nature shot and I really want a long shot of the waves and I yeah. can't get that distance because I've already flown further past me and I want to continue that shot and I'm getting weaker and weaker, it just it, it, yeah. it can be an annoyance, but I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Well, Ethan, um, I really do apologise, but I do have to um, go. So it's been um, a pleasure to talk to you. I've gained probably um, a life full of information from you. Um, it's that this has honestly really helped me um, just to kind of get my ideas flowing and think about how how everything's going to work in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then if it doesn't work, then what what I can do to kind of really accelerate it, give it a push, and. Um, so these, uh, this information has been really valuable. So I do thank you very much, Ethan. Yeah, so thank you very and, much. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's really appreciated. If you ever want to come on again, just let me know. We'll get you on. We'll do another live on Instagram. And, um, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, awesome. Ethan. Um, thank you for having me. All right, not a problem. We'll be in touch. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Bye. See you, man. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That was just a uh, podcast with Pilot Dominic. If you want to check him out, his Instagram is pilot.dominic. I'll put it in the comments uh, or put it in the description. Uh, Yeah, definitely check him out. He's up and coming. He's a very good pilot. Yeah, see you in the next podcast.